everybody welcome back this is Miranda here again the producer of True She Told and we are a space for the everyday Malaysian Christian women to share truthful and honest stories to build inspire and encourage yeah so this month is women's month it's the month of March and it's a time where we all come together to actually celebrate women we're gonna have really great content for you lined up we are going to be featuring some amazing women and also maybe men. So stay tuned to find out a little bit more. So this time, um, we would love to feature some women that we have really inspired our lives. And one really stood out to me was this woman whom you are so privileged to be hearing from. What I know of her is that, you know, she is someone who is really small, but very strong at the same time. I see her as a very fit person. Every time when I see her, I'm like, okay, she is so fit. Oh my gosh. Like, why do you, how do you actually always look so good? And, you know, apart of that, she is a very multi-talented woman. I believe she emcees in events. She is also a graphic designer. I believe she does a little bit of web stuff as well. She is also a mom, a single mom of two beautiful children called Zoe and Lucas. I will leave that to her to tell her story about her journey of a single mom later on. And yes, uh, without further ado, say hello and say welcome to Adele. Hey. Hey. Hello, hello. Hi, Adele. <laughs> Hi, Miranda. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for saying yes to being part of this pod. You know, I just really have to say this again. Like, you have inspired me so much. You might not believe that. You know, sometimes we don't cross paths very often. But I have observed you from afar. And I know that you have, uh, you have gone through a lot in life. And I feel like, you know, perhaps even one podcast like this might not do justice to your life story, you know, seriously. And and I just feel like every time when I had this opportunity to have a chat with you on a personal level, you know, I drew so much from you. I feel more people need to hear your stories. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for inviting me, Miranda. Actually, it's, it's real privilege to be here. Uh, I think I I got to join you on the very first episode and yes. uh, it's it's really great to see how Truth She Told has grown in that sense mm. uh, and the topics that you guys have covered I think are really great so yeah thanks for inviting me I'm quite excited to be here actually <laughs> yeah thank you so much yeah yeah that's right like I just recall you actually in the very first episode so you're actually not a stranger to us no. <laughs> yeah really very good okay so why don't we kind of like just jump into things and sure. want to just uh, ask you a couple of questions to get to know you better tell us a little bit more about yourself like your family your background things like that can um well yes I'm quite a small person right not really big person <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm small a real regular regular Malaysian girl you know uh, <laughs> go to government school uh, went to government school you know speak good English because my parents were in, uh, both English teachers mm. uh, so they were also working in government school oh wow uh, yeah so I I think I, I probably led a probably pretty regular life because I have an older brother who I used to play with but also bully, you know, that kind of thing. I, have, I also have a younger brother uh, but he's much younger than me uh, so we used to bully him too. <laughs> so it's regular. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't come from a Christian home so... um. Uh, but strangely enough, my parents thought at some point that mm, I think it's a good idea for you guys to go to to to, to church. My brother and I, mm. so we're like, oh, so and suddenly we ended up in church <laughs> for wow. some reason, like Sunday school kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, at that time, I was already a, a teenager. Oh wow! Okay. I remember we were in Kuantan, 
And uh, we started oh. going to church. I thought, like, oh, this is interesting. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, so, but pretty much the rest of my life was quite, I would say, normal. Lah. You know, like any normal kid, you, you, in your teenage years, you're rebellious, you're angry, you're <laughs> all of that. Did you move um, around a lot, like when you were a kid? Um, just twice. So, I'm originally mm-hmm. from Johor Bahru. And mm. my father, because he worked as a teacher, then later in the education department. So, he ended up moving to Kuantan. We all moved to Kuantan for, mm. for about uh, four years. I wow. loved Kuantan because we, we went to the beach really often. Mm. Uh, and then we finally moved to KL or PJ, oh. I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, I've been the longest in PJ. Lah. So, I'm wow. pretty much a PJ person. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So you were saying that I think one of the things that I caught was that you said that when you grew up, you were just like any other normal kid, rebellious, things like that. You know, like, tell us a little bit of secret lah. Tell us more about yourself. <laughs> how, what was it like, you know? Because when I know you, I see you as this very wholesome lady. It's like, wow, she has everything, you know, all well put together and all that. I cannot imagine you being a rebellious kid. Oh man, spill the tea, come on. <laughs> no lah. Actually, a very, a very studious one when I was growing up, you know, like, I, I didn't play any sports uh, when I was in school, like, real nerdy, huh. like, huge glasses. My friend, oh my my friend always... Re- cannot tell. <laughs> my friend reminds me, your glasses were so big, you know, the same, like, pink colour. <laughs> hey, 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 but now the trend is back, right? Like, I know it is, right? Like, all the kids are wearing, like, big glasses now. <laughs> so it my friend used circles. to joke, yeah, I know, my friend used to joke, like, your glasses so big, uh. Uh, so I, I didn't play any sports, I was like... Treasurer in the class, you know, debating team, those kind of things. Like, never knew sport actually before this. Mm. So now that you say that I'm, I'm fit and active, it's like, it's quite funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was your love life like? Do you like, are you the type who actually had like, you know, strings of boyfriend? Or you're like the very committed type, only have a few things like that? What was uh, it like when you grew up? I think I only really started to date when I was, yeah, uni lah. It would have been uni. Mm. Uh, and it, and um, uh, it was, um, how do you say, uh, quite controversial. Uh, oh be- my gosh, because, tell us about it. Because, because I ended up dating one of the teachers in my university. Also, ah, oh, you're one of them. Like, you see, like, handsome teachers. <laughs> but the teacher had already uh, left, uh, sort of like, wasn't my actual teacher, lah, but mm. was in my university. Lah, so it was in a sense, kind of controversial, but I mean, we, we had a very good friendship. Uh, so I would say like, he was very honouring and he, he, even though he was much older, but it was a very good friendship. Like, I think because we had things in common and we could talk, uh, but that was like long time ago. So then, uh, yeah, la, so I actually did date quite a few people. It's quite embarrassing to admit it, but so how many people did you date? I don't want to tell the... you. Hey, why not? Are you like, give, give us a range la, or something like that. Uh... <laughs> 10 maybe or <gasps> a bit more. Like joke, like as in 10 as in like serious relationship or like just, I don't some, know, like, for uh, fun one and some, stuff like that. Some were serious, uh, but there were some that were probably not so serious. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, no, I spilled too much. So things. you're like, so like you're one of those like serial daters la, when you were mm. younger. I guess you could say that maybe I, I, I was, I suppose you know, in hindsight, like, quite insecure as, you know, like, mm. I think I felt insecure. And because I was, I guess, you know, considered not too bad looking, Lara. So for me, like, mm. my looks were, were what, 
um, above average. I, yeah. So no, and, and it was one of those things like looks became became like a way for me to to feel affirmed. You know, like mm. so, mm. so like oh, that guy thinks I'm good looking. You know, so then you feel mm. like oh, okay, I feel like okay, like I'm feel affirmed. Wanted, yeah, you know? feeling wanted and things like that. So I think. Um, that's part of where this sort of like uh, if you want to call it like wild life <laughs> came about thanks for sharing you know all these stories you know like in in every woman you know there's always a story behind her that was your past like mm. what actually was like the turning point so to speak if I could actually say that yeah I, I would say uh, it's uh, it was really interesting how I met God in that sense. Um, mm. I, because I, I, you know, I went through quite a few relationships, and the last relationships relationship that I went through just before meeting Kevin was um, it was two years. It was about two years. It was at that point thinking like maybe this is the one lah, right? The, the one you know, the guy for mm. me, like for to get married to and all that. And and lo and behold, towards the end of the relationship, uh, why it ended actually because I found out they had cheated on me. Wow. Um, so that really rocked me, and I was really angry. Mm. Uh, and you know, obviously we broke up lah because of that. But I was so angry at this person, and I was, I think I I I gave up lah. Basically, I I remember. Like all the emotions you can think of, like the negative emotions, like bitter, mm-hmm. frustrated, yeah, like you betrayal. Know? Yeah, betrayal. And I felt myself like I, I think there's one point in my life where I felt like I had to have a cold heart in order mm-hmm. to not be affected so badly by it. Like I almost mm-hmm. like if you think about you know the whole story of Pharaoh hardening his heart, right? I really felt like I really hardened my heart. It was just mm-hmm. like cold stone, so that I could carry on because I still had to work with this person and see this person so it was really mm. hard and I remember I distinctly remember I was like it was it was a surrender not like the Christian surrender like God I surrendered to you it was like I give up lah you know no such thing lah no such thing as true love and all of that you know God where got such thing as love lah I don't believe in it you know mm. there's no I give up lah there's no such thing as love for me there's no such thing as a guy for me that's it I'm done with guys <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore um, so I, I distinctly remember like I was really angry you know at what had happened and and, and I think it's it's probably because I, I had that kind of surrender that finally something happened because then after that mm. not, not long after that I met Kevin um, mm. and so to me I think that was probably kind of like one of the turning points as well uh, because then I met Kevin mm. and there was this guy that I was like what is this this guy? Why is he so different from all the other guys mm. I've, I've gone out with before or met before? Um, Where did so, you meet Kevin? <laughs> interest, yeah, very interesting because um, when I started university, college, university, I started to get active. Like I started going hiking, cycling, climbing, all those things, you know, and I started to get interested. So it was very funny because all my friends who were very active in school, after that were not active and then suddenly I became this person who was like, oh, in the outdoors. And So I was uh, at that point um, quite active or uh, already like in the outdoors and I was enjoying it and I had volunteered at a adventure race it was like a national oh. geographic adventure race yeah so I was one of the marshals and this one friend was like yeah you know Kevin Tan's going to be there I was like oh, okay okay Kevin Tan I'm like okay so that's kind of like how we met each other through this uh, friend of um, mine 
Uh, so yeah, so we got to know each other in that manner, like this, just over makan and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's how we actually met. It was through an adventure race. But actually what happened later was um, I, I knew he was a graphic designer and I had at that time started uh, a partnership with uh, some friends and we were organizing events. So I wanted to learn how to design like website and things like that. I messaged two people whom I knew were graphic designers and he replied. He said, oh, yeah, sure, I can teach you. So from like teaching me a bit about, oh, you know, designing good. website, then after a while, I look at him, he look at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so oh. it, that's how it happened actually. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I, I recall that you actually said this, that it was only when you met Kevin that, that something happened, like as in something changed in your life. Like what was that, you know, what happened? Yeah, I, I joke that uh, God knew that he needed to go through a guy in order to <laughs> pursue me. I joke like, because oh. like my life is always about like, you know, who's this the next boys, person I'm right? dating boys, you know. And and he had to he had to come to me through this person, Kevin Tan lah, basically. I, I think when I met Kevin I was of course yeah, that was one of the things I was quite drawn to him like it's not the kind of like oh I'm attracted to this guy kind of thing but it's more of like there was something in him that I was really drawn to and and I, I tell this I tell people this often as well like girls that I meet because they always ask me like so how do you know you know I'm like I say I, I really think it was just seeing God in him that really drew me to him I mean it, it was he was very calm um he wasn't fearful about things he was very generous and to the point I was like Wow, God, such guys exist for now. <laughs> because I dated all these other guys before. And he was not like any of the guys I met before. And then of course, when he expressed interest, then I was like, wow, really? Is this happening? And and so it was such a contrast from um, the guys that I dated before. Like, you know. So that was, I think to me, like the turning point. Also, also was when I met him, I was so drawn to him. And too much so, I was like, like, what is it that he has? La? I, I want it. La. You know what is it? Mm. I want it. I remember this this walk that he has with God, this closeness. I want it. I want it. You know, I, I was so hungry for it. And I, I believe really that was like kind of like the turning point for me um, in getting to know God. La. How would you describe that thing that you say that he has? I think he really lived out that... Because he used to tell me, you know, perfect love drives out all fear. So when he said perfect love drives out all fear, I'm like, huh? What does that mean, you know? But I really think he lived that out because he was very Fearless. close. Yeah, he was very close to God, so he knew God. So there was, there, there were things that like I grew up a fearful person, but there were things that I'm like, huh? Why are you are you not scared of like you you are you know he was brave to to tell people the truth, say things to people that he needed to say without being, uh, and he was still yet gentle about it, and he wasn't afraid of. People like getting angry with him or thinking of him a certain way because he said, look, I need to speak the truth, lah, you know. And mm-hmm. or and he would be, and he was generous. Like he would give things away. Like he would give like iPad, give shoes away. And I'm like, wow, oh, people do things like that. What? I'm like, hey, do, like I would feel like, hey, that's my shoes, you know, that's my computer. But he would, yeah. he would just openly do that. And I was like, I would look at it and go like, that is, I mean, it, of course you think like hey, it's kind of strange right but I thought then after it was like wow how can he be so generous and and so trusting that this person would treasure whatever that he he gave them or whatever you know so I was because I was not that kind of person like I grew up I would say quite a selfish person so to see someone so generous I was like wow so I think like that 
that was probably what I saw in him. Like. He was fearless, not because he was reckless. He was fearless because he knew how much God loved him. Yeah. And, and, you know, like really when it says perfect love drives all fear, when you know the perfect love of God, that mm. his life is, your life is in God's hands, then there is nothing to fear. Hey TSC fam, hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back after this short break. Hi, my name is Adele Chia and these are my rapid fire question responses. Is that correct? <laughs> the last good book I read was the book of Job. <laughs> From the Bible. <laughs> the last good movie I watched was Over the Moon. It's a, an animation on Netflix and it's a beautiful story. I'm currently listening to Homecoming by Bethel. One thing I wish I was better at was gardening. Then I'd have more vegetables to eat from my own garden. My favourite place to recharge is the waterfall. The craziest thing I've done in the name of love is skydiving. If I could choose anything to do for the day, it would probably be climbing. If I could live anywhere, it would be on a beach. Or an island now, of course, with a beach. My pet peeve is people who come to a traffic light junction or a junction and they don't use their indicator. Oh, for sure my favourite Bible character would be Ruth because she is like me, a widow. Um, yeah. My favourite verse in the Bible is the very first verse I ever memorised. It's from Navigators. It's Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and all these will be given unto you. Or something like that. <laughs> I guess just hearing from what you share, um, Adele, you said that you know your faith uh, turned around because mm. uh, when you were young, you never really knew God, and yeah. when you met Kevin, you knew God like wow, as if as if like he was like a a pillar of strength, like your mm. rock, yeah. right? And and I know like you know things happen, mm. you know along the way. You've been married for a couple of years, and things happen. Maybe you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, I think um, definitely he was he was uh, very much someone I look up to and he was really the rock in the marriage uh, and I learned so much from him. We were married almost 10 years. Uh, at that time, uh, we had Zoe already. Zoe was about four and a half years old. Lucas was about 10 months old. He was doing what he loved, like Kevin. He was taking, aside from being a really talented graphic designer, he loved the outdoors. So he had uh, formed a company with his business partner, his good friend, Remus, and they were taking people on outdoor trips. I'm sure you've heard of it, right? Mm. And um, he's just such a natural leader. Like, he loved the outdoors. So he'll be telling people about plants, about this, you know. Mm. And so he brought a, a, fa- a, two, a few families to the waterfall. And long story short, he tried... The, the, one of the guys from that family was drowning and he jumped in to rescue the guy. Uh, he, he came from underneath. What I heard was he tried to push the guy up a couple of times. And wow. the guy managed to finally grab onto some rocks. Uh, but then after that, he just went under. Kevin went under and then... That was it, and um, they very thankfully actually like uh, they found Amos. They got him to come up. Tried to Amos went down and found him, did um, CPR 
or mouth to mouth for almost three hours waiting for the medi- medics mm-hmm. to arrive. Um, but when by the time they got him to the hospital, he was pronounced dead last. So it was it was like I saw him in the morning on a Saturday morning, and by afternoon, I was on the way to the mortuary. Uh, so ov- obviously everything just crumbled lah. It was like like somebody you know literally pulled the carpet from under you and you've just fallen over you know and and it was really devastating because it was so sudden it was like this you it's not like you know like you know he's sick or something he's just like that you know yeah. gone you know and and the kids were so young and I was like oh, at that point of time I was just like what am I gonna do you know how am I gonna do this on my own um and. Yeah, so it was really um, lowest point lah in my life for sure. Um, lowest, mm. lowest point. Um, and um, and at that point, I the only thing I knew was okay. God is with me. I just got to cling on to God. There's nothing else I can cling on to. You know, I had nothing else. I I I wasn't even sure like how how am I gonna do this like I I don't the job that I had was um, we had like I had a company right but then it just ended uh, very interestingly that year I had been organizing events with my business partner for almost twelve years mm-hmm. and in that year it was a July or something like that the our main client told us look we can't organize we can't have you organizing our events anymore they were our sponsor we said oh they, we gotta go public listed so um, that's it lah so we we're like what. After 12 years of organizing events for these people, like suddenly we have no more, you know. And so at the point, I remember thinking to myself, okay, God must have something planned. There must be something ahead. It must be a new season, you know. So I was like, okay, like God, we just rely on you, you know, because you've been so good to us. And then the the day that we had our last event, I remember it was the last week of October. It was a Sunday. And literally six days after that, it was the following Saturday, Kevin passed away. So it was like the very last event I was going to to organize, wow. and then the Saturday after that, Kevin passed away. And so when it happened, I knew straight away, okay, this is God's hand upon it in a sense that He already knew what was gonna happen. God knows, right? And and it would have been really hard for me to continue organizing events lah, if that was the case. Lah. So actually, in a sense, this was the next season lah, that I didn't know that was gonna happen. Uh, so I was like, wow, so many things are in my head, and then the kids are so young, like. Lucas barely even knew him. He doesn't remember him much about him because it was only 10 months. And then, of course, Zoe loved her father so close to him. Yeah, yeah so it was really, really tough. Like, they were quite, it was just a tough year after following that, like, for sure. Um, but, but one of the things I knew uh, was that because I experienced God's goodness before, His faithfulness, um, one quite significant thing I remember at one point that uh, that God spoke to me as well before he passed away. Uh, this whole story about, if you know, um, Abraham and Isaac, right? And and Abraham, uh, you know, didn't have, or, or didn't have a child and finally had the child Isaac and then God told him, okay, you need to go and bring him and, and sacrifice him, right? And so Abraham obeyed lah, and he, he went to sacrifice Isaac. And I think at that point when I was doing that study, God told me like, so who is the Isaac in your life? Or what is the Isaac in life? What is it that you have to give up? Uh, because maybe this person shouldn't be your all in your life, you know. And and I really felt very strongly at that point, God telling me, look, Kevin cannot be your all in your life. You know, at the end of the day, he's still a man. Uh, and so what is your Isaac? You know, the question to me was, what is your Isaac? And I realized that, okay, I cannot have 
all my hopes and everything upon Kevin and I need to really shift the focus back to who God is in my life. Lah. And and I think that was, to me, that was a very significant thing because then not long after that, Kevin passed away. Uh, so it was, uh, that is part of what, in a sense, helped me on, on when I lost Kevin because uh, it, be, it meant that I began to know who God was or who God is lah. I really felt that was significant after that because it was basically God saying, you know, look, this is, I have to be your one in all, you know. And he was at that time, like I had no one else. Uh, I mean, bless my parents, they were there for me and mm. and and they really supported me. But in just in just the day-to-day, like, um, you know, the the pain, the, the loss, the, the crying, <laughs> all of that, like I had no one to turn to. So it was, I think, I remember clearly like, Worship was like my best friend. Like. I would just put on worship because like, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like wheel, cry, worship, cry, you know. And then that was kind of like how I, I'm I'm uh struggled like, the the first few months. Like. It was a lot of crying and and I, I joke because um okay, it's not a joke, but when I was younger my my relatives used to call me cry baby because I used to cry very often. Like, I would easily get worked out over something and I'll be crying. So they were like, hey, cry baby, like, clock coming. And, and after I said, you know what? It's a gift to be able to cry. Because during this time, like, when I was going through this, like, I cried so much. It was puffy eyes all the time, like, you know. But I was so thankful to be able to cry, to be able to yeah. just let it out, to, to let out whatever frustration, sadness, everything, like, so it was a lot of crying, um, but I, one thing I know, like for me deep down at that point in time, I knew like, okay, God, whatever it is, I don't understand why this had to happen, why I have to go through this, and he's such a he's such a great man, you know, like why take him, yeah. right? Why does he have to yeah. go? And many people did ask me these questions, like yeah, I know so many people who are just lousy fathers and they're still around, you know, like how can you take, how can Kevin go, you know, yeah. you know they tell me these kind of things, I said yeah, but you know I I, I we we don't have the answer lah, um, and I think through the process, uh, what really helped me was um, one was the the community that I had around me like at that time like. Because we had been leading cell and, and zone leading, mm. so we we were we had very close friends uh, who are from our cell group, uh, and they really just surrounded us la, Like Zoe, Lucas, and myself, they would come in, check on us, like just be there lah, turn up. Uh, I remember uh, one of uh, my cell members weeping. She would just come lah. She would come almost every other evening, and she would just just be there lah. You know, like play with the kids a bit and then our friends who, who helped to buy groceries and um, yeah so like they, they it was just they didn't have to say much but the fact that they were there and they were just supporting in that manner like really helped me uh, to, mm. to know that I wasn't alone mm. yeah so so just having the, the church support the, the cell support was really really helpful uh, and then eventually like uh, after a few months one of the pastors said hey you know Church has a grieving ministry, you know, maybe you should try it out, you know. And the timing was just right. Kevin passed away in November. And I remember it was March when the thing was going to start. So I had a few months of just like crying and my eyes out and all. Then it was like, okay, let's try this. So the the grief support really, really helped uh, as well because... It, it was it's a structured grief support and and it was uh, we watched the video but we had we were able to journey with a couple of people who who themselves have been through loss uh, so they just help you lah you know just 
process the loss and and, and grieve well and and really yeah. grieve with God. Like a lot of people, the the old saying is like you know time heals all wounds. Um, that I don't think that's true lah. To me, I realized mm. that actually you may forget over time, but the wound will still be there. Mm. Uh, but really processing the grief, going through the grief properly was really helpful for me. Uh, and I remember, uh, one of the things that I think. It was a one of the sessions was about um, losing your spouse, and this just that week before, I was like, I had received an email from the person I was renting the house where we were mm. staying. Um, the owner is thinking of increasing the rental. You may want to move up. It was just a one sentence. I was like, okay, God, is this a sign that I should move up my house? And I was like, but we had made a decision as a couple, you know that. Yeah, we can rent for the rest of our lives, and it's mm. fine now. God didn't like tell us in a booming voice, "Go buy a house." So we're like, yeah, yeah, we just rent for the rest of our lives, and God will provide in that manner as well, You know, but so so then now came to this point where I was like, do I now? How do I? What do I do? Do I go look for a house? Do is it right to do that? I felt really conflicted, and I felt like so bad because like we made a decision together as a family or as a couple that we mm. would just rent. You know. So then, that week itself, the grief counseling was about losing your spouse, you know. And it was as if God just answered my questions by saying, "Look, it, and in in that whole session, it was like it's okay to make new decisions. You are now the head of your home. Don't feel guilty about the the new decisions that you're going to make because you need to live on now, you know." And so it really just like it was just like you know it really felt like that release that oh it's okay you know I I don't have to feel guilty about making a new decision of like buying a house or anything. Yeah. Yeah, so that re- that grieving, uh, grief counseling really helped me as well, mm-hmm. and and in the process it was okay. then just deciding la, like in my head like okay, I will not fully know the answers to everything like why he why he jumped in why he had to die at that point of time, yeah. uh, but I'm okay to live with the mystery. And one day find out maybe when I get to heaven and I can ask all the questions I want to ask about like why are there mosquitoes and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but I li- I'm fine and okay to live with the mystery of not knowing why or the complete mm. answer. But mm. just trusting that God is good. And yeah. His plans are wow. higher, His ways are higher. And so that's all that matters. The mystery wow. of why did it happen, what went through His head, all those questions I have. I am okay to live with that mystery. It's alright, you know. As long as I know that God is good, He's got a plan, and I just gotta stick <laughs> stick with Him. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. So that's. I'm just so that. inspired by what you just shared just now, and and I think one thing I caught about what you shared was that because I recall when both of you this was I believe was it 2012 when it all happened was it 2013 2013 so mm. 2013 when it all happened right, mm. and one of the things that came to my mind was that oh, wow, you know, it'll be so tough for Adele to continue to lead. Like, I guess that's my carnal mind thinking. It's like, I thought you would naturally maybe take a step back from leadership, take a break and things like that. And lo and behold, I heard from, um, I guess, like the leadership team and all that. At that time, both of you were young adults leaders, right? Mm, And then it's like, oh no, Adele is going to continue on to lead this group and all that. I was like, are you serious? And I don't know where you get those strength from and all that, but I really want to believe it was also because of the power of community. The people, you know, you mentioned just now, that community is just so important Mm. because of the the people that supported you through that journey. And it's not about, you're not just a leader, you know, mm. but you're very much part of them. Yes. And yeah. I really admire really that journey that you have. La. 
And I guess speaking of that, because you mentioned um, quite a bit about grieving, right? Mm. And and because um, grieving and community is very much um, part of one thing, where when you grieve, there is a community as well. Yeah. I actually have a question, like, um, how can we as a community mm. relate to someone who is grieving? I mean, you can maybe just share just a little bit from your perspective, like mm. your experience. Mm. Like if I was someone, a friend, to someone who has just lost a loved one, mm-hmm. um, how do we relate to them? You know, how, how can we be more understanding perhaps, you know? Yeah. Um, I joke and I always say, one thing you cannot tell them to do is be strong. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, I, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think if I remember during the, the, the wake uh, when, I, when I shared, uh, I shared openly, I said, you know, I know all of you have been really kind and have told me, you know, you need to be strong for the kids. Uh, I remember distinctly that I wrote and I said, you know, thanks for telling me that, but you know what? I'm just going to be weak. Uh, because when I'm, it's only when yeah. I'm weak is that God can be strong in my life. If I think I can wow. do everything, then, you know, God's not going to interfere. Lah. God will say, okay, you, you go ahead. And God is a gentleman. But I said, you know what? I'm going to be weak. God, please help me. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I believe that if you ask me, like people ask you, how can you be so strong? I said, you know, actually really I'm not strong. I'm just most of the time like weak and whimpering. I'm like, God help me, I don't know how to do this. And it's quite often I'm, I'm still even now like, you know, on my knees like, God, you have to admit, I don't know how to do this. Um, and and as I think if, back to your question about how we can relate or just even help somebody who's grieving, it's just like, I guess what my friend did, like, she just came, she was just there. She didn't have to say anything like tell, give me advice or, or anything because I, I, maybe she, she also re- realised that just there's no place for her to give advice. But she was just physically there, um, you know. And so like just in that sense, if not saying it out loud but showing it, it was, I'm here for you. Whatever it is that you're going through, I know it's painful but I'm here for you. I'm physically here for you. For you, I'm supporting you in whatever you need. Just if you need a hand, just reach out. You know, and I think if anything, that would be the message that or how you can relate to somebody who's grieving is to just assure them, look, I'm here. If you need anything, just call. You know, don't mm. be afraid to ask. And yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that would be it. Lah. It's, 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 and so for me, knowing that there were people around me that I could just like, call to help me get groceries yeah. or or just to sometimes watch the kids for a while while I just like you know uh, release or just go out or get my hair cut or something like that yeah that yeah just knowing that there's there are people around me who will just come la, and help me you know, in that manner mm. is it makes a, a, a world of a difference la. what mm. goes on in a grieving person's mind like I mean if you could share a little bit um, I think it varies from person to person. Uh, and I know that the range of emotions, uh, all of the emotions, uh, you, there will be people who will be really angry, uh, either angry at God or angry at the person who decided to do whatever and then go and die on you, you know, or, uh, or angry at uh, your own self for maybe allowing the person to do whatever or, uh, and then disappointment. I think for me, like the biggest uh, emotion for me was disappointment. It was disappointed mm-hmm. that I couldn't grow old with him and you know, grow white hair with him and all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, the 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 range of emotions do it's like the whole range. Uh. So every person is the grieving 
or the emotion, the strongest emotion for each person is different depending yeah. on their relationship with the person and how the person passed on. Sometimes it could be the person has been sick for a very long time. Uh, so then the, the, the emotion could be different as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I think it, it, probably one of the biggest questions is why? Like, why did this have to happen? Why did this have to happen to me? Uh, would be one of the biggest questions in in a grieving person's mind, I would think. Yeah, uh, and maybe the other the other term would be this is so unfair. Um, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that, I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you you could totally relate to all those feelings, and mm. and it must have been quite a journey for you. Grieving doesn't just go away, right? I'm sure you know. It's a it's, process, uh. It's a process. Yeah, it's mm. it's it will always be there. Mm. Um, and I just thought I wanted to just ask you what kept you going because it's been a couple of years already, right? Mm. And and I'm sure there were a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. What actually kept you going, and what is life like for you now? And what's the most important thing that maybe kept you focused, kept you grounded and going? I think what kept me going was the kids for sure the children because they were really young uh, and and then always at the back of my mind it's like okay they've already lost the father I better make sure I'm around for them Um, I mean in our day and age there are many many families who who are broken and you know they, they either lose a father or mother through divorce or separation and like this is not something I chose you know for my kids to have to have lost their dad, you know. So, I, I, I think for me, what kept me going is that I, I do need to be here for my my children. Like I do need to move on to forge forward, because they need me lah. Because they are the future, you know, in that sense. And I don't want them to. Uh, I mean, obviously they are traumatized, and 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 there's parts of them that are like, I guess, wounded in that sense from not having their dad. Uh, but I wouldn't want to add to it by not being there for them. And I would want to try and help them uh, through this, their their own grieving as well, so that they um, they can also live a full life, uh, a good life as well, uh. mm. Yeah. So that's one of the main things that kept me going. And of course, it's is that relationship with God, lah. Uh. Like it's like you know, so God is like my husband, lah. Uh. Every time I go, I complain. I go out my dog, and I'm I'm walking my dog and complaining to God for talking to God like a husband, lah. Uh. Like why like this, lah? Uh? Why I have to go through this? Walk my dog. My poor dog has to listen to all my ranting. <laughs> but I always, I always say, God bless me with a dog because then yeah. He knows that when I have to walk with my dog, is the time that I go talk to Him. <laughs> when I have that space and that you know, like I'm because I'm in the house and the kids are with me most of the time. So when I walk my dog is when the kids are in the house and I'm just outside in the, in the park. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. La, that's when I talk to God a lot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. Thanks for sharing. So for the context of our listeners, right? Well, you recently actually said yes to becoming <laughs> a lay pastor yes. <laughs> of a young adults ministry of the church that we both worship in. Mm. And one of the roles is actually to help young families. Tell us a little bit more about why, like, you know, being a parent, maybe the, the family's ministry, why is it important to you? Um, well, I think really when I, when Kevin passed away and then like after I went through the grieving and then I, I think I, I realised like, yeah, you know, my, my kids are really important, my children are really important and I need to pour into their lives. Lah. And and I began to realise like, yeah, okay, even though I may 
I think it's just over time, like, this relationship with God. And then I realised that, yeah, you know, I may serve in all these, like, I may serve in ministries and do things outside and work and all that, but they, my children are my main ministry because God has given me these two little ones for this season yeah. to shepherd, to, to watch over. And so I need to be a responsible steward, lah. And and so I, I do tell other young parents, you know, look, this is this is your main ministry. You may do other things in church or you may be working outside, but they are your main ministry and it's only for a very short season. Mm. And, and so much so that I tell people, hey, if you have to take time off uh, from work, uh, for one parent to be working, but one parent to actually be there, do so because I feel God will honour that. And I feel God has yeah. honoured has honored me in that manner as well because I say, okay, God, I want to, pour as much as I can into their lives. I want to try to at least model to them like this is what it means to to be someone who is, is chasing after God, who is close yeah. to God. Uh, and I really think God has really honoured that decision or that sort of mandate that I've put you know, forward to Him. Because I have work that I can do from home most of the time. And like He has opened doors lah, for me to do different t- types of work. And most of the time, I'm not really required to be away from the children very much. Wow. Like I think there are many single moms out there who have to work two, three jobs. And, and I feel that wow, God has really like blessed me and given me work where I can yeah, maybe spend a little bit of time away from, from the kids, but not the whole time. So actually, I tell my kids, you're very blessed, you know, mommy is here most of the time, uh, you know, and I'm sending you to school, picking up from school, cooking for you, bringing you to the park, you know, all these kind of things. Oh, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I, you know, so I, I really think, I mean, it's just God, God is so honouring in a manner. Lah. So I think that's why I feel that even like serving in this ministry like and looking at families, especially uh, families with young uh, YA families uh, with young children. I think it's it's such an important uh, ministry. I remember at the beginning of the year, uh, we were talking about nation building. And I feel that this is what it is. Like. Nation building starts from the home. You know, and it starts from the little, little individuals that you have in your home yeah. that you are, you are gro- not say grooming, but you are growing and nurturing to become people who, who will serve their nation as well. Like. You know, and, and realize that, hey, you have a role to play here in your own nation. You know, as much as people like to see, oh, I got the right to do this, right to do that. But yeah, you have a responsibility. Lah, you know, and it is a responsibility to your own nation uh, and your and your fellow Malaysians. Lah. So, I, so I really believe like, you know, I believe in this. Lah. For me, like that young families, especially in the church setting, why it's so important to to sow into them is because they are also then building the next generation. They are, yeah. they are the ones who are doing the nation building in their homes. And it's, yeah. it starts there. La. So yeah, yeah, so that's part of it, la, I would say. Yeah, so good. Thanks <laughs> so much, Adele. Yeah. So okay, I think we're coming to the, you know, the end of the pod and I just thought I wanted to, like, in every traditional podcast, <laughs> I'm going to just ask you this last question, which is, you know, is there anything at all that you want to say to our listeners to just encourage them to all the women out there? Mm, uh, I would say, I think, um, you know, like we were talking about talking to your uh younger self like if you are a younger uh, lady out there you know just know that you are worth it lah. whatever it is that you are worth it uh, not to sell yourself short uh, because you are worth it uh, and and for those who are maybe like thinking like oh will I ever find the right person and you know I think I went through that uh, and maybe even now I'm, I'm kind of going through that like is is to really uh, sit down and talk to God uh, about it 
because he knows your heart. Uh, and yeah, and surrender it to him lah, because he's good lah. He knows, uh, and and he has a plan for you, a good plan for you. Uh, and then of course for those who are moms, uh, like me, is to know that, you know, whatever that you're doing now, uh, whether it's the cooking, the cleaning, all those things in the home, um, you know, you are building, you're doing nation building lah in in your own home lah. So don't, uh, don't be disheartened and thinking like. Oh, Am I doing all these things for what? Ah, you know, you are you are making a difference uh, in what you're doing, uh, and then obviously for for those who are like maybe single parents like myself, um, you know, if you're going through grieving, reach out for help. Uh, you know, it is it's important to to grieve well, so reach out for help, lah. I think it, that's important, and and really get it yourself into a community. Uh, like for currently now, like even though I serve in young adults, I also uh, join young. Uh, sorry, I join the lady cell as well. So that's a so place good. for me to just be myself, to have other ladies uh, to journey with alongside and share things. So yeah, get yourself into a community, whether it's in young adults or just even a lady cell. Uh, you know, get yourself connected lah, because that it makes a world of a difference to your to whatever that you're going through lah. So yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adele, for really just sharing your life. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Um, that's it for this week's episode. That we hope that you'll be blessed. So, if you really like our content, you can always follow us on social media at trueshito.my. On Instagram, you can also look us up on Telegram as well, and we are of course on YouTube and Spotify. So, if you love the content, do share it with your friends. And if you know that someone is going to be blessed by this content, share it with them too. Okay. See you again soon.